0: Chapter twenty of a mysterious disappearance by Louis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Mr. Sidney H. Corbett. The detective glanced up at Bruce's chambers while passing through Victoria Street. I wonder what he would think if he knew what we are after, he said to his colleague, one of the two who accompanied him when the barrister was arrested by mistake. "'What are we after?' said the policeman. "'This time we're going to nail the right Corbett,' was the confident answer. "'Will we cart him off?' "'Well, now, that depends. I think I am quite right in colouring him, unless he explains to my satisfaction, which is hardly likely. "'The charge is one of murder, isn't it?' "'Yes.' "'Who did he kill?' Well, up to now it hasn't come out, for the sake of the family. But if Corbett is here, you will know soon enough. It's a funny way to go to work. Commissioner's orders, my boy, I am not to reveal the le- the name until it cannot be helped. However, as I have said so much, I don't mind telling you it's a woman, and a big one, too. Big? Fat, you mean? No. A woman of high position. Ooh, a regular society scandal, I suppose. That's about the size of it. On arrival at Sloane Square, they quickly ascended to Number Twelve, Rayleigh Mansions. A stout, elderly woman answered their knock, and a glance at her face revealed the map of Ireland. Although her name was Saxon Robinson. Mister Corbettin, inquired White face he's not then where's he i don't know mister And if i did i wouldn't be after telling when axed in an non-civil manner all right mrs robinson's my name if that's any use to you very well mrs robinson we wish to have a word with mr corbett and we will be much obliged if you can tell us when he is likely to return if he is in london ah it's myself it's mixed entirely about him sure this mr corbett is in london right enough and is coming in to dinner in half an hour so by your leave i'll just go on with my work may we come in and wait for him mrs robinson surveyed them suspiciously but seemingly decided in their favour step in here gentlemen both she said and conducted them to the sitting-room A fire now burned brightly in the grate wherein Bruce had made his pregnant discovery. The damaged bracket still stared at White, so to speak, but he saw it not. Mrs. Robinson bustled away to the kitchen, and the two officers sat silently waiting developments. Suddenly a thought occurred to White, and he went into the passage. "'Mrs. Robinson,' he said, "'what did you mean by referring to this Mr. Corbett?' a quick step came bounding up the stairs and a key rattled in the lock you'd better ask him yourself responded the housekeeper pithily and the door opened to admit a handsome well-knit man tall and straight with the clearly cut features of the true westerner and the easy carriage of one accustomed to the freedom of the prairie he was quietly dressed The only sign that he was not a Londoner was given by his wide-awake felt hat, the last token of environment relinquished by a wandering citizen from the region of the Rockies. In the semi-darkness of the interior he could but dimly discern the form of the detective behind the ready tongued housekeeper. "'There's two gentlemen to see you, Mr. Corbett,' said she. "'Well, now that's curious,' he answered cheerfully. "'I can only see one of you, but I'm glad to have you called, stranger, anyway. "'Come right in. "'Are you sent by my friend to kinder cheer me up? "'I find this big city of yours a powerful kind of tonic after Wyoming. "'Come right in.' "'Mr. White was as greatly nonplussed by the newcomer's attitude "'as by his flow of language. "'Within the drawing-room, Corbett caught sight of the second detective. Hello, there's the other one.' "'Very glad to meet you both. Now, if you'll just tell me your names, we'll get along straight away, as I guess you know mine all right.' The man was genuinely pleased by this unexpected visit. He smilingly pushed towards them a box of cigars, green ones, and helped himself to a weed. "'My name,' said the detective, "'is Inspector White of Scotland Yard, and my friend here accompanies me officially.' "'And hasn't he got a name?' "'Yes, but it doesn't matter.' "'Well, if it doesn't matter, we won't quarrel. "'I guess you've got a message of some sort for me, "'else you wouldn't trouble to climb these stairs. "'Why don't you have elevators in these big buildings?' "'As I said,' began Mr. White, "'we are from Scotland Yard.' "'That's so. I've got that fixed okay.' "'Your name is White, from Scotland Yard. "'I don't know where Scotland Yard is, "'but we'll worry along without the geography of it. "'I am in the Police. "'My title is Inspector. "'It is not my Christian name. "'Scotland Yard is the headquarters of the London Police.' "'The American's eyes opened wide in wonder at this announcement, "'and a perplexing thought seemed to occur to him. "'But he said quietly, I'll figure it out better when you tell me why you've been good enough to call. And suppose we all sit down. I am not used to stone pavements. I'm tired. Your name is Sidney H. Corbett, said the detective severely, though he took a chair. So my people always told me. And you have occupied these chambers since August last? Have I? So I am informed. Get along with your story. You have just returned to England from Wyoming. The New York police cabled me that you arrived in Liverpool yesterday. Did they now? That was real cute of em. I want to ask you, in the first instance, the exact date of your departure from this country. Before replying to the detective, Corbett looked at him fixedly, as though he was trying to read what was passing in his mind. At last he said with a smile, "'Say, what are you after, Mr. White of Scotland Yard? What's the game? Who's been fooling you?' "'That is not the way to talk to me, sir. Answer my questions fully and properly, or it may be worse for you. Geesh, Have you come to wipe the floor with me?' "'Are you going to reply to me or not?' i am not going to speak square to any man who comes along and puts a thing like you do very well i can get my information by other means you leave me no alternative mr white had half risen and was about to add but to arrest you when with a rapidity known only to those accustomed to draw from boyhood corbett whipped a revolver from a hip pocket "'and covered the bridge of White's nose with the muzzle. "'Just you sit still right there, Mr. White of Scotland Yard, "'or I will let daylight through you and your nameless friend if he interferes. "'You'd better believe me. By God, I won't speak twice!' "'Neither White nor his companion were cowards, but they were quite helpless.' They had not grappled with the circumstances, with sufficient alertness, and they were utterly at this man's mercy. They were away from the door, and a table separated them from Corbett, while there was that in his eye which told them he would shoot if either of them moved. They both sprang to their feet, and glared at him impotently. "'Now, gentlemen,' said Corbett, with the utmost coolness, "'Let me persuade you to sit down again "'and go on with your story which interests me.' "'White was scarlet with wrath and annoyance. "'Let me tell you,' he roared. "'Sit down.' "'Make the best of it, Jim,' murmured the other policeman. "'and the queer gathering resumed their seats. "'That's better,' said Corbett genially. "'Now we'll have a nice little chat.' Am I correct in supposing that you were about to march me off to jail just now when I spoiled the proposition?' "'There is no use in resisting,' growled White. "'You cannot escape. If you have an atom of sense left, you will come with us quietly, as it's all up with you.' "'It looks like it,' said Corbett, with a grim smile. "'But if it's so bad a case as that, there's no desperate hurry, is there?' You're only making matters more difficult for yourself. Maybe, but as I happen to be a citizen of the United States, I allow that I can't be whipped off to prison just because a fool like you thinks it's good for me. I've been a law-abiding man all my life, and I've lived in places where each man made his own law. If he can show good cause for your action, I'll stand the record. At present, I regard you as a blamed idiot." The situation overcame the detective. He could only mutter, "'Time will show who's the idiot.'" "'I'm getting hungry, Mr. White of Scotland Yard, and I've a kind of notion that the old lady is ready with eatables. Will you be good enough to say what you're after?' "'I came here to ask you to account for your movements and, failing a satisfactory explanation, to arrest you.'" "'On what charge?' For being concerned in the murder of Lady Dyke on or about november sixth last, Lady Dyke yes, arrest me yes, I placed you right away. You're a blamed idiot, Mr. White of Scotland Yard. This repetition of his name and address goaded the detective almost beyond endurance. Now you know the charge, he shouted. Are you coming with us quietly or-or what? The revolver still hovered across the table. Are we going to sit here all night? It was a weak conclusion, but to suggest an attack was sheer madness under the conditions. I guess not, was the calm answer. I want my dinner, and I mean to have it. Very well. Eat your dinner and have done with it. "'That's better. You and your friend shall join me. We'll have a nice little talk and straighten out matters, which have got kinder mixed.' This was too much for White's associate. He burst out laughing. "'I allowed there was a joke in the deal somewhere,' went on Corbett, "'but I haven't quite got the hang of it yet. "'Now, Mr. White of Scotland Yard, are you going to act like a reasonable man, "'or must I keep your nose in line with a barrel?' white was saved from deciding which horn of the dilemma he would land on for a sharp rat-tat at the door induced silence and a moment later bruce's voice was heard inquiring is mr corbett in there may be half a dozen of him in by this time cried mrs robinson i dunno where i am at all at all the gentlemen are in the parlour sir and bruce entered In order to enfilade the newcomer scientifically, Corbett backed to the corner. Claude glanced at the three, saw the revolver, and said with a comical air of relief, "'Thank goodness nothing has happened. Put away your pistol, Mr. Corbett, you will not need it.' Although the barrister's manner differed considerably from the brusque methods adopted by Mr. White, the American remained on his guard. He said stiffly, You all seem to know me fairly well, but if you had the advantage of closer acquaintance, you would allow that I am not the man to be rushed on a confidence trick. If somebody doesn't explain quick, I will lose my temper, and there will be trouble. I sympathize with you, cried Bruce, but the first thing you must learn in this country is to keep dry cigars for your visitors. Our respective tastes differ in that respect.' "'I guess I'll cotton you, stranger, but I'm tired holding this pistol. "'Put it away, then. I'll tell you it's not wanted. White, listen to me. You have hit upon the wrong man.' "'Wrong man!' cried the detective, feeling more confident in the barrister's presence. "'Why, I've had a cable about him from New York.' "'Possibly, but you're mistaken nevertheless.' mr corbett has not been within five thousand miles of england for years possibly not in his life bully for you stranger broke in corbett then who is mr sydney h corbett whom you believe as well as i to be the murderer of lady dyke steady white the last time i saw you i appealed to you to go slow the man whom you want simply because he happens to be the real occupant of these rooms is at present travelling to London as fast as he can from Florence, and his sister, Mrs. Hilmer, is with him. Florence? Mrs. Hilmer? gasped the policeman. I've just arranged to have her watched there. Your arrangements, although admirable, are somewhat late in the day. Then what is her brother's name? Albert Mensmore. For some reason, hidden at this moment, he lived here under the name of the gentleman who has, I say, been giving you a practical lesson in the art of not jumping at conclusions. Have you known this long? For some weeks. Then why didn't you tell me? Because I have no definite reason for connecting Mensmore with Lady Dyke's death. If I had, his action in returning to London the moment he hears of the charge would shake my belief. Who told him? Mrs. Hilmer. Oh, this business is quite beyond me. I can't fathom it a little bit. And White sank dejectedly to his chair again. I don't know what you're talking about, gentlemen, said Corbett, pocketing his revolver, but it dawns upon me that I shan't be required to shoot anybody or sleep in jail to-night. "'Why didn't you answer my questions properly and save all this nonsense?' "'I'll tell you why, sir. "'The name of a friend of mine has been mentioned. "'Albert Mansmore has been more than a brother to me. "'I allowed you meant mischief to him, "'as you thought you were talking to him all the time. "'I don't know much about you, "'but I hope that your first action would not be "'to give away your chum if he is in trouble.' "'The detective did not answer.' though his look of astonishment at Corbett's declaration of motive was eloquent enough. "'Before we quit this business,' went on the American, "'let me say one thing. "'Any man who tells you that all but Mansmore murdered a woman is telling you a lie. "'I don't know anything about this Lady Dyke or how she may have died, "'but I know my friend. "'He's good in a tight place, but to think of him killing a woman—geesh, it's sickening!' Mrs. Robinson burst in with face. Mrs. Robinson burst in with face aflame. Is this palaverin to go on all night? She demanded angrily. Here's the dinner's filling. After all, me worry and bother with the head of me vexed to know who's the master and who isn't. All right, mother," laughed Corbett. "Bring in the whole caboodle." Mr. Corbett said, "Bruce." "'I hope you will come and have lunch with me to-morrow at this address,' handing him a card. "'I want to have a long talk with you. "'Mr. White, if you come with me, I will explain a good deal to you, "'of which you are now in ignorance.' "'Surely Mr. Corbett will answer a few questions first, said the detective. "'Don't you think you have troubled him sufficiently for this evening? "'Besides, he can tell us nothing. "'All the explanation is really due to him.' And I propose to give it to him to-morrow. Come, White, this time I promise you that a considerable portion of your inquiry shall be cleared up, and I do not speak without foundation, as you have often learned hitherto. So the mysterious Sydney H. Corbett was left in undisturbed possession of his flat and his dinner while the trio passed out into the quietude of the streets. End of chapter twenty.